Hello and welcome back. You've made it to the third and final part of this mini-series. This podcast will wrap up and consolidate my learning through this project. I set out to find free digital games that would support grade 9 students in developing skills outlined by the Common Core State Standards for Secondary English. I wanted to know if by implementing digital games, transactional distance could be reduced. I examined Kahoot and Twine as possible digital games that I could include in my Zoom classroom. I wanted to see if these games could be incorporated as a way to help reduce the feelings of separation and isolation that my students are feeling. What I found is that these feelings are not reduced by a digital game or really any other tool. They're reduced by the design of how these tools are implemented in the learning environment, whatever environment that may be. Transactional distance is specifically related to distance education or online learning environments. But I think that students could feel disconnected from their teacher and peers if the environment doesn't have a balance of interaction or autonomy, even within a traditional bricks and mortar type setting. Digital games may provide opportunities for more social and collaborative interaction, thus reducing the distance that the learners feel between peers and instructors. However, it's not the game itself, but the design of how the game is integrated into the lesson. Christy mentions an important part to consider when implementing digital games into the classroom. Have a listen. I think a lot also depends on the quality of the game and is it meant to be fun or is it kind of really tied to learning and standards? I think when educators are involved in the creation of a game, it, it tends to be a better product for schools is what I've seen. Um, because it's clearly tied or when it's an open enough platform that teachers can kind of create their own lessons. She talks about the need to align the game with the curriculum standards. Of course, we need to base all learning experiences on curriculum expectations, but I think we also need to consider the ways in which students learn and the type of learning we want students to engage in. From this project, I have realized the importance of aligning the game with the type of learning I want to encourage. For example, do I want students to recall information or do I want them to apply knowledge to create new understandings? Apparently, my cat has an opinion. <laughs> so moving forward in my practice, I want to consider the tools I'm implementing in my class and how these tools facilitate specific kinds of learning. One of the challenges I faced during this project was finding digital games that are free. There were lots of digital games available when I was researching like Call of Duty and um, some other games that I'm not very familiar with. Um, but of course they all required a subscription or, or some type of payment. Um, so 
from my research, I realized that this was a frustration for many teachers. Um, have a listen to what Teresa has to say. I think the one thing that comes to mind for me is that as a teacher, I know I have to be really careful about what games I'm suggesting for students to use. I know there have been times that I haven't properly looked at a game and then had to tell kids to not play it because I didn't realize it wasn't as focused on a topic as I wanted it to be. Um, I also find it kind of annoying that at some of these internet sites that the advertising is so much that kids can accidentally click on advertising. So that is a bit of a frustration. I would love for there to be a digital game-based site that's the equivalent of Khan Academy that is truly for kids to have practice digitally um, with concepts, but without the advertising component. Educational games within the digital realm have benefits, including engagement and motivation, as I've discussed throughout this podcast. However, the commercialization of education presents other challenges, like the one Teresa mentioned. Digital games within education have become a big business where billions of dollars are made each year, as documented by authors like Azil et al. and Selwyn. Although the games may be free to use, the gaming platforms may be riddled with advertising, causing confusion for players, especially the younger ones. Finally, Isaac said something that I couldn't agree more with. I think that digital game-based learning has tons of potential, and I would definitely like to see more of it and use more of it. There is so much more I would like to explore within this topic, like digital games and assessment. Can they help teachers develop more personalized education? More personalized lessons? I'd like to explore digital game construction. So are there platforms for students to actually create their own games and really enhance that learning? I'm also interested in digital games and diverse learners. What digital games can support all students and all student learning needs? What is the relationship between digital games and transference of knowledge? This list is endless. If you have any ideas, comments, or stories related to these topics or anything in this podcast, I would love to read it. Please go to my blog, digitalgamebasedlearning.blogspot.com to add to the conversation. Remember the hyphens in between each word. More so than ever, we need to consider the ways to reduce transactional distance as we shift into online teaching and learning platforms, or in most cases, continue in these platforms. We need to provide opportunities for students to feel close with their peers and with us, their educators. We have the responsibility as teachers to create meaningful learning experiences that grow all areas of student development, including their social and emotional development, not just academic. I hope this podcast has given you two examples of games that you could include in your classroom 
to help build community, support students' social and emotional development, and above all, bring laughter and happiness back into the classroom during these trying times. My name is Amanda. Thank you for listening. Thank you.